Good to see you today. My name is Josh, and uh, one of the pastors here. Really glad you can be with us. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online, too. Really glad that you're with us this morning. Hey, we're in a series uh, called He Gets Us, and we're looking at Jesus' humanity, how he, God, put on flesh, became like us so that we could become like him. And uh, maybe you grabbed uh, one of these devotionals last week we had for you. We had, do you know, we had 300 of these, and uh, we gave, I think, uh, 30 or 40 to a church to Wawasee Heights in Syracuse. They're going through this series with us as well. And uh, of the rest of them, uh, there was about 20 or so left when I looked, coming back in. So if you didn't get one, today might be the day that you want to grab one. And uh, it's just a really, really simple devotional. Those of you who've been doing it, um, you know, there's just like a, couple, like a short question or two each day. It's, it's really simple. The first day is a day of reading, and it just builds off what we talk about on Sunday morning. And so, you know, I kind of like how it says at the very beginning, for some of you, this is going to help you develop that habit. You know, it's kind of a stretch for you to actually uh, open up something, get in God's word, spend time with him every day. For others of you, you're in that habit, and this is only getting you stretched out for the day. And either way is good, but encourage you to do that. And maybe I know our life group is going to be talking about it this evening when we get together. And I hope that's, that's helpful for you. So be sure to grab one if you haven't yet. But today we're talking about exhaustion. And I know that includes no one here. You guys have no idea what, what we're talking about, do you? Never been exhausted, never been worn out, never found yourself weary. I should, should I duck before you throw something at me? You know, uh, according to uh, uh, some research in 2020 that came out in February of 2020, a month before COVID hit, 94% of American workers said they were stressed at work. 75% of millennials said they were more stressed than their parents. 80% they were in the, said they were in the midst of a quarter-life crisis. And the guy who wrote all this, this study, his name was Brian Smith, and he said, you know, it tells us that in the next five to 10 years, just imagine how much worse things might get on the trajectory we're on. He hadn't even considered what was coming a month later with COVID and all the exhaustion that would bring. And you know, if you're waking up feeling maybe more tired, more exhausted than when you fell asleep, do you know you're not alone in that? You're not. According to some new research, the average American wakes up feeling well-rested, only three days out of the week, out of seven. And some of you are, are hearing that and you're going, that sounds kind of high. Three, three days waking up rested. Um, the survey of 2,000 adults reports the average person doesn't get anywhere near the quality or amount of sleep that they need. People are exhausted. And it's not just adults. I mean, if you talk to some students uh, in college or in high school or even in middle school, You'll, you'll find them exhausted as well. I was talking to middle school after the first service. I said, how are you doing? Well, he's like, I'm exhausted. And I think he was kind of joking after the sermon, but, but it's really true. Or uh, even, even kids deal with exhaustion. You might think it's only an adult thing, but it, it affects kids too. I mean, uh, let me tell you a story about four-year-old Landry. And uh, Landry had a case of the Mondays. And in fact, his case of the Mondays was caught on his family's security camera in his driveway. It was a cold, sunny February day, actually two years ago, February 28th, 2022. And it was kind of dreary. There were no leaves on the trees. The grass was all brown. 
Uh, and the school bus was waiting for him at the end of the driveway. And uh, as he walks out to the school bus, he, he heads down the driveway, he, he stops, and he just hangs his head, and well, I'll let you watch the rest. <laughs> He's got a case of the Mondays, doesn't he? I mean, he is, he is stressed out, burnt out. He doesn't want to go to school that day. <laughs> Two years ago. Thankfully, somebody comes off the bus and helps him out. But there, just give you a replay of it. I wonder, you know, so Landry's dad, his dad's name is Jason, and he explained this later. He said, when Landry's really tired, he gets a bit grumpy, and then he gets way overdramatic. <laughs> he goes, uh, I saw somebody comment on when he posted this online, that growing up is learning how to do in your head, uh, to do that in your head instead of, in physical form, and that's exactly right. I think we all feel like this on Monday, and that's why it's so relatable to see the bus and be like, I can't do it today. <laughs> that was Landry. Do you have those days? Do you have those weeks? Do you have those months? How about this, did Jesus ever have those days? What do you think? Did Jesus ever have those days where uh, he had a case of the Mondays? You know, um, maybe that's a question you've never even thought to ask yourself before, but it's a really good question to ask because Jesus is our example of what it looks like to live the human life the way that God designed us to live it. And I don't know if it was ever on a Monday, but I guarantee that Jesus had a few cases of the Mondays. In fact, some of them are recorded in scripture for us. Um, uh, there was one time where he had an incredibly long and taxing day. And after a full day of meeting with people, teaching them, exhorting them, encouraging them, being with them, he was peopled out, Jesus was. And in fact, in Mark chapter four, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, to the disciples, he's like, all right, we're done. Let's just get in the boat. We're going to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Like he didn't even, he's like, I don't have time to go get a bag. I don't have time to get a change of clothes. We're going right now. I'm done. And he gets in the boat and there are other boats with him. And then all of a sudden a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But look at what Jesus was doing. He was pooped. He was in the stern, asleep on the couch in the midst of a huge storm. Jesus had those days where he felt exhaustion he had interactions sometimes with people when he would have rather just rested. Look at this in John chapter four. He was uh, on his way to Samaria and he was wearied as he was from his journey or through Samaria to Galilee. And he was wearied. And he sat down by a well. It was about the sixth hour, about, uh, uh, about noon. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And then Jesus strikes up a conversation with her when he's exhausted. He knows what it's like. Do you know he even had sleepless nights where he hoped what was coming tomorrow wouldn't come? Look at Matthew 26. Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed. And he's like, Father, if it's possible, 
Let this cup pass from me. If it's possible that what's gonna happen tomorrow could not happen, could we skip that? Jesus gets what it's like to be exhausted. That's the point, he gets us, he he knows what it's like. And as we're gonna see this morning, not only does he know what it's like, he knows the way through it. And he knows how to help us in it. So uh, with that, let's pray. And then uh, we're gonna dive in to Matthew chapter 11. Let's pray. Father, thanks for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you did. You put on flesh and you lived the human life, a perfect human life, fully in your humanity. Jesus, the only difference between uh, what you experienced and what you lived is, from us, is that you never sinned. You never gave in to temptation, and we do. Uh, you, You showed us the way the example of how to live a fruitful life and then also in that offered us salvation as we believe you and trust you. So Holy Spirit, I pray you'd help me as I teach your word this morning. Help us to all understand it, apply it to our lives. And um, Father, I pray for rest for us. Uh, For maybe our weary hearts or our uh, dread of Monday tomorrow or whatever it is. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd meet us where we're at in this moment. And I prayed in Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, life is demanding. You know, it just leaves us exhausted. It really is. Jesus experienced that. He, he saw that. He had long days. He had to get away. He, sometimes he dreaded tomorrow. And, and he was human in every way like us, except he never sinned. And uh, God has a lot to say to us through his word. And, and Jesus does in his words uh, when life is demanding and exhausting. Take, uh, before we even get into our passage in Matthew today, take Galatians chapter six, for example. You can uh, turn over there with me if you like, Galatians chapter six. And uh, here's what we read in Galatians six. Uh, Paul writes this. Uh, he says, uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's talk about what, Paul's talking about here, bearing one another's burdens, because we're going to see the rest of this passage down through verse five. Paul talks about two things. He talks about burdens, but he also talks about loads, loads and burdens. And you're like, Josh, are you kind of, you know, picking things a little too narrow here? What are you talking about? Well, stick with me because I think it's helpful. Um, what, What Paul basically tells us is that we're responsible to others and for ourselves, and this alone might, might help you with your exhaustion today. You're responsible to other people, but you're only responsible for yourself. To others, for yourself. Here's where we see this in this passage. See, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is the responsibility to other people. Uh, Many times other people have burdens that are just way too big for them to bear on their own. They don't have enough strength. They don't have the resources to do it. They don't have the knowledge maybe to carry that load or that burden, and they need some help. And uh, denying ourselves to do for other people what they can't do for themselves is being like Jesus. That's what he calls us to. That's what he does for us, right? He, He bore the burden of our sin and of our shame 
because he knew we couldn't bear it ourselves. It was a great burden on us. He did for ourselves what we couldn't do for ourselves. He saved us. And then uh, later in this short passage, Paul says, uh, he goes on and then he says, uh, for each will have to bear his own load. Uh, This is the responsibility for yourself. Everyone has certain responsibilities that only he or she can carry. You've got some, I've got some. And the only person who can carry that load is you. No one else. These things are um, things we have to take daily responsibility for, right? And work out. No one can do certain things for us. We have to take ownership of certain aspects of our life. That's, That's our load. And it's our responsibility for ourselves. Now, let me keep going here because Paul says to, you're responsible to others for yourself. Now, uh, the word, the Greek word behind each of these, behind burdens and load, is helpful in understanding it. And I don't, I don't ever share this with you to be like, oh, look, he knows Greek. It's just to say, hey, this, is, this I think will be helpful to see this, okay? So the Greek word for burden, which is, Greek was what the language this was originally written in, is, uh, is baros, baros, I think. Uh, it means excess burdens, excess burdens, excessive burdens. Burdens that are so heavy, they weigh us down, they crush us, it's like a boulder. And uh, you, you can't carry it by yourself. If you try to carry it by yourself, it's gonna break you. There's no way to do it, and we need help with them. You know, when there's a time of crisis or tragedy in our life, we need people to come in and help. In contrast, the, the word for loads is a different Greek word. Uh, fortion is the word there. Fortion. And it means cargo, like a knapsack or a backpack. It's the thing you just have to carry. It's yours to carry. It's your responsibility. And no one can carry that thing but you. And so that's where your responsibility for yourself comes in. You know, your attitudes, your feelings, your behaviors, different responsibilities you have for your, for your family, for your kids, for fill in the blank. Those are yours. And the problem happens when people act like either their boulder is just a daily load, and I don't need any help, I can do this. Just stay back, stay away, don't help me. And they get crushed by it. Or the flip side, when they act like, uh, you know, their daily load is a boulder that someone else should carry for them. And then they just don't want to take any responsibility for what's going on. But you're responsible to others to help them with their burdens and for yourself with your own cargo. Does that make sense? Now, when Jesus, uh, with that in mind, let's look at what Jesus says here in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, we're going to come back to that. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's really curious, that word that we saw translated loads in Galatians is the same word for tion that's translated burden here. Jesus says the burden that he gives you, the load he puts on you, that's your responsibility to carry, as we're gonna see as we keep going, it's light and he helps you with it and walks with you through it. You're responsible to others 
and for yourself. If you want to read more about that, you can uh, look up a guy named Henry Cloud, a book called Boundaries. It's really helpful toward that end. But with that in mind, now let's get to our passage in Matthew chapter 11. Look at Matthew chapter 11 with me. Uh, Jesus writes this, or says this, uh, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's just camp here for a bit before we go on. Verse 28, I love that. Come to me. As I was reading this this week, there was an afternoon, it was a long day, and I just sat at my desk and I pulled this out and I just sat there looking at, come to me. I just sat there for probably 20 minutes. What's that look like just to come to Jesus? You know, that's his invitation to you. You know, elsewhere, Jesus says, um, come after me, come follow me. But only here in all of the New Testament does he say, come to me. Just come here. It makes me think, you know, of like as a parent with a child, they're having a hard day. And in that moment, you don't say, hey, go do what I told you to do. You just, come here, (laughs) come here. Come to me. That's Jesus' call to you and to me. And he gets that life can be and usually is demanding and exhausting from family to kids, our sin, our work, our our health, our finances. It can just be an exhausting treadmill. And he's like, hey, why don't you hop off the treadmill? Come to me. Come to me. He calls us to get off of it and come to him. And um, we're gonna come back to this, but curiously, life is demanding and exhausting. And Jesus says, uh, the context in which he, he communicates this is, is as it relates to religion. Because it's the same with religion, uh, that life can be exhausting and demanding. That's the context in which Jesus says these things. There's these religious leaders who have laid out heavy burdens on all the people they're leading that the people can never measure up to. And so Jesus says, uh, hey, come to me. My yoke's easy, my burden's light, I'll give you a rest. All of you who labor and are heavy laden and so in context, people here are just, they're laboring under the weight that's been put on them. They're, they're weighed down by their leaders. But Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. That his yoke is easy and his burden's light. Do you know how a yoke works? I'm not talking, he's not talking about breakfast here either. Right, he's not talking about your egg, over easy or hard or boiled. He's talking about a yoke that would go on a couple oxen. And the way that it would work, you'd have this this bar that would come across and uh, these loops that would uh, hook around uh, the neck of an ox. And sometimes you might use a yoke too to yoke together two oxen or two horses or two mules, whatever that might be. 
but you, you'd yoke them together and then uh, together they would, uh, in the middle, would be tied to a load of some sort, you know, a plow or a wagon and the two of them together would pull it. And what's really curious is when they would do this, when you, when you yoke two oxen together, you always yoke uh, one that's older and stronger with one who's younger and weaker. And the older and stronger one carries the bulk of the load and basically trains the other one that's yoked in with him. Now, maybe you remember Paul said you know, about marriage, don't be unequally yoked. And you think, well, hold on, how does that work then? Well, when Paul talks about that, he's not talking about two different oxen. He's talking about two totally different things, like a believer and an unbeliever, like uh, yoking an ox with a mule. That's a bad plan because you're going to go different directions. But, but when you yoke two together, uh, they pull the same direction. They're more powerful together. They listen to the same voice of the same master. And, and one of them kind of pulls a little more weight and leads. And what's curious is if you look into this, sometimes the the, the younger one will try to pull farther and faster ahead. And he'll try to go at a faster pace than the big one knows they should go. And he ends up working harder than he needs to. Or he doesn't want to pull his load, and so he just slows down and drags his feet and makes it even harder on himself. Instead of just keeping pace with the older, wiser, stronger ox. Jesus says, my yoke if you'd be yoked with me, that's, that's how it works. It's, it's really curious that when he talks about rest, he gives a metaphor of work, isn't it? And what he's saying is that if you're yoked with me, my yoke is easy, it's, it's comfortable, it fits. And my burden is light because I'm gonna carry it with you. You know, when Jesus says this, he's saying it right after there were some religious leaders who just kept heaping heavier and heavier burdens on people. And it was just never enough that people ever measured up. Ever. And Jesus says, come with me. I'm not gonna put that kind of burden on you. I'm gonna carry it with you. And it kind of begs the question for me, you know, like, okay, so Josh, what kind of, I mean, what kind of pastor are you when, when you teach God's word? Am I just throwing out burdens that are just heavy and crushing? Am I doing it myself with my family or with my son, my wife? Or, or am I leading in such a way that I'm, I'm maybe pulling a little more weight, saying, hey, let's keep going, but gently, what's that next step to keep moving forward? It's a good check for all of us in the areas where we lead, isn't it? To be like Jesus and easy yoke and light burden. See, Jesus had said even later about these leaders, they tie up heavy burdens that are hard to bear. They lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to move them with a finger. <laughs> but Jesus isn't that way. He, he, he comes with us. Life is demanding, leaves us exhausted, but Jesus is gentle and lowly that's who he is at his core. Like at his heart, he's gentle and he's lowly. You know, I think it's helpful to, to stop here a bit too and, and think again of what's the Bible talk about when it talks about our heart, about the core of who we are? It's, 
It's kind of the very center of our emotion, the very center of our affection. And our heart expresses what's going on internally here, what we're kind of drawn toward. And when the Bible speaks of the heart, you know, it's referring to that and even much more. It's just talking about the core of who we are. Uh, Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says it's the central animating center of all that we are. It's who we most truly are when you peel away every layer. It's your heart. It's what motivates and animates what we do. That's why Solomon in scripture tells us to keep your heart because uh, from it flows the springs of life. The heart's our core. It's who we are. Uh, Jesus compared it to a tree and the type of fruit it bears. He says the good person out of good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. It's It's what's way down deep. Your heart is like the very center, the animating force of who you are. What's there when you peel off every layer? We read in 1 Samuel that God doesn't just look at the outside of our actions, but the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? Right to the core, right to the heart. That's because the heart's who we truly are. When everything else gets stripped away, The writer of Proverbs says, as in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. So thinking of what the Bible says about heart, do you know there's only one place in scripture where Jesus describes his heart? And it's right here in this passage. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. At his core. Who would you say Jesus is? I mean, sometimes we we buy into the lie that he's strict, he's stern, he's demanding in heart. That's who who God is. Now, is following Jesus demanding? Yeah. It's hard. It can be really hard. Especially if you're yoked to him and you're trying to pull faster than he's pulling or dragging your feet from where he's pulling you. But at his core, he's gentle and lowly. That's who Jesus says he is. Uh, Spurgeon said that as well. In the 89 chapters of the Gospels, there's only one place where Jesus tells us about his heart, his own heart, in his own words. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm lonely in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. To be gentle and lowly means to be meek, to have power that's under control, to be humble, to be accessible, to be, to be down to earth. To associate with the lowly, he becomes lowly. To be down to earth. Think about who Jesus was and whether or not you can go to him. His daddy Joe was a carpenter. And by all accounts, it appears that Jesus followed in that same pattern, carrying a lunchbox and a hammer to work every day. 
There was nothing about his physical appearance that would draw us to him. He was a normal, regular man, except he never sinned. So he was perfect. But he gets what it's like to experience all the things we experience, including exhaustion. And so his call to us then is simply come to him. Come to him. He says, uh, do you remember? What did it say there? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I don't know about you, but the idea of putting on a yoke on my shoulders and like pulling a cart sounds super uncomfortable. Anybody else? And some yokes, they look like, oh, maybe that one would be a little more comfortable. It's kind of arced around the, the ox's neck. And other times, though, you'll see them and it's just like this four by four strapped across them. Jesus says his yoke is easy. That, that word can be translated kind. His yoke is kind. His yoke is comfortable, that it fits you. And so when he's yoked to you, he, he knows what it's like to be you. You know, a lot of times we ask that question, what would Jesus do? Well, how about this? What would Jesus do if he were you? That's a better question. If he had your spouse, your kids, your nine to five, your income, what would Jesus do if he were you? Well, he says, come to me, be yoked to me and find out. Because my yoke's easy, my burden's light. You know what this is? This is the language of discipleship. Jesus is saying the answer to our exhaustion is to come to him and follow him. Walk with him at his pace, in his way. And so Jesus offers rest, but he doesn't offer like release from every obligation for us, does he? He uses a metaphor of work for rest. But it's a, it's a profound statement when you compare it with all the things Jesus said. And he, he, he talks about this in terms of discipleship. So it begs the question for me then, maybe for you too, what's a disciple then? What does that look like? What is discipleship? Well, a discipleship or a disciple, discipleship is following Jesus. And so a disciple is anyone who's following Jesus. It's anyone in line. Sometimes we think disciple as, oh boy, I gotta measure up, do this, 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 this. I don't know that I wanna do that and be a disciple. A disciple is anyone in line following Jesus from the very front of the line to the very back of the line. And discipleship then in following him is taking your next step of obedience. And Jesus knows what that step is and he's yoked with you and he's gonna walk with you in it. So that step, if you're in the very back of the line, might be something really simple. If you're in the front of the line, it, it still might be something simple, but it might be, it, it would be way too incredibly hard for somebody in the back of the line to take that step, wouldn't it? And to be a disciple is just for you because you're responsible for who? For yourself to take the next step of obedience, knowing Jesus is with you the entire time and helping you in it. That's what a disciple is. It's anyone in line. 
And being yoked to Jesus means taking the next step of obedience. And he says that his yoke is what? It's easy. And his burden, that next step when he's with you is what? Is light. That doesn't mean it's not hard, but it's light because he does it with you. And that's what discipleship is. What's your next step in following Jesus? For some of you, it means you need to get in line and actually start following him. For others of us, it's just what's, what's next? And Jesus says that when we do this, um, you know, John tells us, excuse me, that his commandments aren't burdensome. And that when this happens then, uh, we get rest. Jesus gives us rest. And, and it begins by following Jesus, by just coming to him. That's why in Revelation, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. The one who's thirsty, come. Come to me, Jesus says. Follow me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Now, um, as we wrap up, let me just draw your attention to Isaiah chapter 30. God says this to Israel, to his people. He says, in returning and in rest, you'll be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. Uh, those words there, returning. Does that word sound familiar? In returning, you'll be saved. Returning is repentance, right? It's, that's what repent means. It means to turn. I was going this way. I stopped. I changed my mind. Now I'm going this way. I'm returning. And then in rest, in, in letting Jesus be with you in it, you in it, you'll be saved. Friends, the, the cure for our exhaustion is to turn to Christ, to turn to Jesus because he gets our exhaustion. Whether you find yourself weary from just heavy burdens that have been thrown on you that are totally outside of your control, maybe you need to go to somebody and be like, hey, this is a boulder. Can you help me? Maybe there's a load that you have to carry that you haven't been willing to carry that you just need to go, you know what? Jesus says he's gonna be with me. I can trust him. I need to do what he's called me to do. But in whatever case it is, it's come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Come and learn from me. My yoke is easy, my burden's light. Let me pray.